Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm good. I'm definitely good. You know, it's a it's an exciting, exciting time in the NFL. It's a beautiful day outside. It is also that. It is I really have windows. I have my windows open. I'm listening to the birds chirp, my bird brethren. It's it's <laughs> It's just so beautiful. <laughs> I took I took the dog of the Basement Talk podcast, Abby, Abigail. I took her on a nice walk before. It is immaculate out. Oh, it's great. It is. I really, came back. I was really in. Nice. I was in. I was in sweats and, a, and like a. I guess like an Under Armour long sleeve, but it's like it's a breathable one, not like the airtight one. And I I was hot. So I had to I had to change out of that. I have shorts on. I have no socks on. I am living the dream right now. It is definitely it was nice going outside and having to wear like a and just wearing like a sweatshirt. I could have gone outside and not worn a coat at all. Like that's how nice it is. Oh my god. I you don't need to wear a coat today. You really don't. But I mean what a beautiful day for a bunch of franchise tags, let me tell you. And uh contract extensions and things of the like. Yeah. Sorry about your boy, Allen Robinson. What? Oh, I got franchise tagged. No! Wait, did he not get franchise tagged? He got tagged. Fuck. Fuck. Thank you, Matt, no! and fuck you, oh, Matt. Adam says thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, no! Rappaport just tweeted it. So we have some breaking news on the podcast, courtesy of... Basement Talk podcast contributor Matthew Birdsall. And uh, if you heard from, because he was far away from the microphone, um, Allen Robinson has been franchise tagged by the, by the Chicago Bears. It's a sad, sad day. I didn't think Joe Douglas was going to shell out the money to, to, to get him anyway, but still, still though. Uh, apologies to everybody's ears. This is so sad. This is so sad. I hope to Jesus they bring back Trubisky. Well, you know, there were reports saying that the Russell Wilson trade situation will be rectified next week. Oh, my God. If they trade for Russell Wilson, it's Russell Wilson and Allen Robinson. Up on the Allen Robinson trade. <laughs> what an offense that would be. Russell Wilson, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, and Allen Robinson. Hey, you mean just Russell Wilson and Allen Robinson? <laughs> Yeah, but like everybody else, it just makes everybody better. Oh, what a segue to get into uh, news and notes. Holy shit. Yep. Oh. Even when Matt's yeah, not on the podcast, he's giving us giving us uh, segues and content and helping us out. Hey, you know what? This is probably the first time in a long time that we've actually had news that is significant to us happen when we're actually recording instead of five minutes after we stop recording <laughs> you are so right how, how pissed off were you, you and i have been in five minutes after we stopped recording the chicago bears placed the franchise tag on alan robinson see if we were if we had recorded yesterday that's how we would have been because we had we would have just recorded and Dak prescott would have signed his massive contract extension Cha-ching. and yeah we were just like why the fuck did we there were two times 
I there I can think of off the top of my head where we've been recording and legitimate breaking news has happened. One is that Hugh Jackson was fired. Yep. During an episode of the Required Radio Fantasy Show. I remember that. <laughs> and then, and then this. And then about 20 other instances where news has broken within the past hour or two after we've stopped recording. <laughs> I mean, Tiger Woods, the thing with Tiger Woods happened while we were recording, but that didn't make the cut into the actual podcast. True. That is true. But relevant relevant to us, I can only think of about two times. Relevant to us and to our uh, subject matter. Yeah. Yes. I can't, I honestly, I can't think of anything else. So this is, this is lovely. This is raw reaction in the cut. Fuck, 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 fuck. You love to see that. You love to hear the raw reaction. I'm so aggravated. It's it's not great news. Our Chicago Bears correspondent, Benny Gable, must be thrilled by oh, this yeah. news. I'm sure he is. But as, as for you and I, fuck. Yeah, but like, it's not like the Cow... Well, I guess you're rooting for just Allen Robinson, but it's not like the Cowboys had the money to sign somebody like Allen Robinson. Anyway. No, I just want Allen Robinson to go someplace where he actually has a proper quarterback. I don't care if he went if he went to the, the, the Giants. I don't care. I just want him to be good. And not to rely on Nick fucking Foles, who as of right now is the starter for the Bears in 2021. Oh, God. Oh, God is right. Oh, God. Because oh Nick Foles and Allen Robinson were terrible together last year. They were horrendous together last year. Horrendous. <sighs> but, yeah, so Allen Robinson got the franchise tag. The top free agent receiver on the market is Kenny Galladay. It's Kenny Galladay and everybody else, it seems like. Juju? Because, yeah. I mean, Chris Galladay. Right, we haven't heard if we haven't heard if, if- – Juju's getting tagged yet or not? Because the Steelers didn't use their tag on Bud Dupree, right? And who know? And they just signed Big Ben to a contract, right? And so, I mean, who else could the Steelers potentially tag? James Conner? No, they've already, and they've already said they're not going to re-sign James Conner. So oh. it's 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 just looking like the stars are lining up that the Steelers might use the franchise tag on Juju. So basically, you're going to have Allen Robinson. Chris Goblin and potentially Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster are going to be locked into their respective teams. Yep. And, Ken, and it's going to be Kenny Galladay. If you're Kenny Galladay, you're like, well, thank you, Detroit, for not tagging me because now I'm going to get a fuck ton of money on this market. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. You are forgetting about the best receiver in this free agent class, Adam. You don't think Corey Davis is going to get franchise tagged? I hope not. Because we want Corey Davis to go to a place where he's going to be successful. Tennessee doesn't know what they have in him. So I'm hoping that Corey Davis goes to a place where they're going to give him the rock consistently. And he's going to turn into a star that I know who he is. So that way I can go on any podcast or walk into any room on planet Earth and just swing myself around when Corey Davis is popping off to the tune of a thousand yards every single season. And I could just look and say, I told you so. I told you so. Yep. The interesting thing about this also is that there was a lot more news surrounding offensive linemen this year, 
uh, yesterday than I feel like there has been in a while. Yeah. And I mean, in the middle I, of the night as well. Yes. So you had um, Isaiah Wilson, the disappointing first-round pick of the Tennessee Titans, getting traded to the Dolphins. To put it mildly. Yeah. He had, he played four snaps. <laughs> four snaps as a four rookie. Snaps. And he wasn't injured either. He was just no. bad. No, he was just bad, and there was no, no discipline there. Um, yeah, it, it was a, like they swapped seventh round picks, I think is what it was. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Brandon Wilson Scherf. Wilson in a seventh. Wilson yeah. in a seventh going to Miami for a seventh. Yep. Uh, Brandon Scherf of the Washington football team. He has been franchise tagged again, second season in a row. Not a surprise. It's like they haven't learned anything from Kirk Cousins. Well, I think now it's with Ron Rivera there, they they know what they have to do. And that's lock down Brandon Scherf because he's he's a beast and he's and he's one of those guys that is one of the best offensive linemen in the league and nobody talks about him. Yeah, well, you know what it is? It's guard guards just don't get as much love as Sanders and Tackles do. It's true. No, it it is true because who's who's like the one guard that everyone talks about? Zach it's Martin. The- yeah. Well, also, I mean, the guy that's not getting the franchise tag from New England, and that's Joe Thune, the apple of everyone of everybody's eye. Yeah, but does any does anybody really like just just in in conversation? Does anybody really just casually mention oh Joe Thune? Usually around free agency, but that's there's only two. It. There's only two that I could think of in terms of people will mention them just casually in conversation as some of the as one of the best players in the NFL. It's Zach Martin and it's Quentin Nelson. That's it. Yeah, that's true. That's it. Yep. Guards don't get the same love that that tackles and, and centers do. You're 100% right with that, Adam. I can't. I think one of the best – like the Saints used to have like the two best guards in football, and nobody fucking talked about it. Nope. I You're forgot right. who the other one was, but Jari Evans was one I because he has a cool name. But the – uh, Jari Evans and – oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Hold on. Keep – Keep going. I'm gonna find the other name. I, I think I have it on my head, but I just want to make sure it's right because I don't want to. I don't want to spit out any bullshit. It'd be funny if he was still on the Saints, but yeah. So it should be interesting with offensive linemen. And then speaking of New England, we could talk about Trent Brown being traded back to New England uh, from the from the Raiders. So they traded him for picks, basically. He yep. was like. Trent Brown and a seventh rounder. And uh, yes, basically. It, so it was, yeah. Trent Brown and a seventh rounder for a fifth rounder and a seventh round pick. I think some, yeah, something it, like it, that. it was a total salary dump by, uh, by Vegas. And they restructured Trent Brown's contract to be a one year, $11 million. And that's going to be the deal. So very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good deal. For um, for New England, I mean they're bringing back a guy that they're very familiar with, guy who clearly loves New England, and they need help on that offensive line, especially if they are going to lose Joe Thune. Um, they need more help, and I think that um, that they're getting that with Trent Brown. Yep. Did you ever find out who the uh, other guard was? I'm still looking. I'm Just- still looking. Just look up the, like go- the 2010 Saints roster. You'll probably find it somewhere. Uh, I'm I, that's what I'm trying to pull up. Uh, let's see. 
It was. Ah, yep. It's, it is who it was. Are you ready for this? Yes. Carl Nix. Oh my God. Yes. Carl Nix. I want to say, did he play for Tampa at one point in his career? I know he let, he signed somewhere else. Well, I know uh, Jari Evans played for, uh, for Green Bay. Yes. When he left, when he left New Orleans, uh, Carl Nix did play for Tampa Bay. Look at that. Did play for Tampa Bay. Very good, very good, Adam. This shows how little we talk about, uh, about guards. I don't think I can name one guard for every single NFL team. I probably could if I gave it some thought. It's like that kid. Uh, remember that kid? And that was like, and he was like a, a perspective, a perspective student. And he asked you off the top of your head to name every single NFL coach. Oh my God. I forgot about that kid. Yeah. It'd be like that. That would, that would be the scenario. As I'm, as I'm trying to sit there and get work done. This guy wants to have a conversation about just the NFL head coaches. He did that to me too. It was very weird. Oh my God. It was in the days of the culture report. Only the oh, real ones know. God. Only the real ones know about the culture report. What a time. What a time where I just questioned every bit of sanity that I have. Ditto. Is my life worth living? Thank you, culture report. <laughs> um, the last bit of franchise tag news is that so we talked about the receivers joe thuney not getting tagged um bud dupree i mentioned in passing that he's not getting tagged hunter henry is not getting tagged either that's a surprise he's free to go that is very surprising well he's gonna get paid by somebody i I tell you what antonio gates is probably gonna stay retired so i don't know what they're gonna do with tight end Maybe they just don't value the tight end as as a position of importance or maybe they just didn't want to pay hunter henry the uh the top dollar, but I, I mean, I, I, I tell you what, I mean, the one spot that immediately jumps off the page for me is Jacksonville. That screams, screams Hunter Henry. Oh yeah. That, that would be their best tight end since Mercedes Lewis. Hunter Henry with Trevor Lawrence. Holy shit. That offense is actually kind of scary when you think about it. Cause you have Trevor Lawrence, Hunter Henry, potentially DJ Chark and James Robinson. You got something there. Yep. Pen- pending, of course, that Urban Meyer takes Trevor Lawrence. I cannot wait until <laughs> this is like this is like the draft. This is like 2018, where the Jets lucked into Sam Darnold because the Browns picked Baker Mayfield first first overall. I swear to God, if Urban Meyer takes Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence, or even takes Zach Wilson over Trevor over Trevor Lawrence, I. I uh, uh, I would have nothing. It all worked out. I would have nothing. It all it all work out. I would be like jumping up and down. I'd be like, wow, this is just this really this is, wow. Wow. I cannot believe this. You messed up in losing two games and you're still gonna get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Listen, if Chris thankfully, I mean, unfortunately, Chris Sims is not a GM of a current NFL franchise. So I guess you know, fun fact. Fun fact. Jake was the one who said that he would welcome Chris Sims in the Jets front office. Do you have a response? Um, there's enough lunacy in the Jets front office. We do not need Chris Sims. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, by the, by the way, before we, before we uh, just keep going on this 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 tangent that we're on, uh, there is a a new content 
teasing thing coming at the end of the show okay that i have for you well i mean you know unfortunately we don't have time for a random player because there's just so much to talk about oh yes with, there is with the, with all the news and we'd even get to like the bit like the biggest signing of last week the biggest news of last week is that jj watt has signed with the cardinals yeah after a uh, much prolonged media parade J.J. Yeah. Watt has signed with Arizona, and it's the reunion of DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt in Arizona, the Houston Texans 2.0. Yep. Did Flew I ever it. give my thoughts on Dak? No, we just kept we just kept going. We it's, it's this is a train that keeps moving and and it never clearly. Stops. I wait. Oh, we were talking about Dak, and then that's what that's when um, Matt came in and said Allen Robinson. Yes. Okay, so we'll finish this at the very end before we go into uh, the main meat and potatoes of the show, as Adam likes to say. I will give my overall thoughts on, of course, my quarterback, Dak Prescott. Okay. So, yes, J.J. Watt reuniting with DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona, and they even have a a discount to Sean Watson, although that's kind of insulting to Kyler Murray. But a little bit. It's a, it's like he, it's like he never left. Just just goes a little west <laughs> to Arizona. Yes, just a little west, a little bit. Just a little west, a little more red, but <laughs> the color, the color of the uniforms. That's what I mean. But yes, yeah, this of course, is, this is a good signing though for for Arizona. Well, I'll say the same thing that I said to to Jake. I'll I'll I'll, I'll say the same thing, and that is. Do we think that J.J. Watt is a guy that's going to be a 10-sack guy in Arizona? If you think yes, then it's a decent signing. If you think no, then you may scratch your head and kind of ask yourself, you know, what, what was the, what, what, what's the point of this? But at least on paper, it looks, it looks great as you have one of the best – pass rushing duos in the national football league on paper in Chandler Jones and JJ Watt. Yeah, it's true though. It's definitely true. And I mean, you have, you have JJ Watt and really the thing about JJ Watt is that he has to stay healthy and he just hasn't has to. I mean, it's, it's a rich contract. I did not think that JJ Watt was going to get this kind of contract. Where it's two, it's two years, thirty-one million dollars with twenty-three million of that guaranteed. Mm-hmm. For a defensive end who has not, if you if you do like a blind resume, and you just see JJ Watt's numbers, you're like, well, there's no fucking way. Like yeah, the past couple of years, you see JJ Watt's numbers, like there's no fucking way he's getting this kind of money. But the fact that it's name value, you're getting asses in the seats when asses can get into seats. That's that's JJ Watt. It's a mark. It's like Emmett Smith. It's a mark. It's marketing more than anything. And if you get a good player out of it, then gravy. That's gravy. You know what's so funny is I was listening to the show that we did for the NFL draft literally this morning. I was listening. I was listening to that show again, and I said to myself, I have not heard Adam say to put asses in seats in forever. That's usually that's that's a you thing. Usually you say that. No, you were the one who said that first. Okay. 
You were the one who said that first because I, I remember I said on that show, as Adam would say, this is a move to put asses in seats, referring to the Cowboys drafting CeeDee Lamb. Well, I guess it kind of worked out. Well, I mean, it didn't get – well, listen, it didn't put any asses in seats because of, you know, protocol. But, I mean – Well, they're in the great state of Texas. But, I mean, the – The Lone Star the, State, the literally. Draft, the draft worked out anyway. The, the pick worked out. But, yes, this – this does this not remind you of Emmett Smith to the Cardinals? Oh, it screams it, absolutely screams it. But I think you know JJ Watt. He probably has more to offer than Emmett did, but at the same time, you know you are left asking yourself, what the hell is this? But if he again, if he if he, you could tell me that he's going to be a ten sack guy, I'll be sitting in this chair next year and saying, okay, this was this was a great signing by Arizona it, it paid off so okay so here are JJ Watt's stats since okay so his career 2011 he had five and a half sacks he had double digit double digit sacks from 2012 to 2015 20 and a half in 2012 10.5 in 2013 20.5 again in 2014 and 17.5 in 2015 his stats since then have been in 2016, he had three games, one and a half sacks. 2017, five games, no sacks. 2018, 16 games, 16 sacks. Very good. 2019, eight games, four sacks. In 2020, though, here's the deal 2020, he played all 16 games, five sacks. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Yep. And you could say that it was, you know, teams were able to double J.J. Watt because there was nobody else on Houston that could really pressure the quarterback and like that. But five sacks in 16 games. Jesus. Here's the thing. J.J. Watt is a sack. He's really it's what he is. He's a sack guy. He doesn't force a ton of fumbles. He's only for, he's only forced more than five fumbles once in his career. And that was this weird at. This weird 2018, which seems like an aberration when you look from 2016 to 2020, where he had 16 sacks and seven forced fumbles. Yeah. So, I mean, this is definitely, it's not even like a buy low because they paid it. It just seems like an overpayment for me. Asses and seats. Asses and seats. That's what it is. All right. Am I allowed to talk about Dak? Yes. Okay. This is a tough one because. I love Dak. Love him. I love him to death. At the end of the day, however, Jerry caved. Jerry caved. He gave Dak exactly what he was looking for, and the deal was done. Now, I would say the deal wouldn't look as bad if they had waited to pay Zeke because now you're looking at Zeke's contract, and you're saying, Jesus, I mean, are, are we going to be in this position next year where we're debating whether or not Ezekiel Elliott is going to be cut, which is a highly likely possibility that Ezekiel Elliott may not be a member of the Cowboys for more than one more year, that the Cowboys may just get out of that contract and cut him and that be that, and they roll with Tony Pollard. So... I would say, as far as Dak goes, it was a deal that had to get done. 
Congratulations, Dak. He deserves every penny. And he's going to come back now. I think he's going to be playing with a big-time chip on his shoulder to show, A, that he can be worth the money that Dallas paid him, and then, B, he could be the same guy that he was before uh, the injury that occurred. So fair play to to Dak. He got his money. And, now, you know, this this is what drives me nuts about people that are outside the Cowboys fandom and circle, whatever. The same people who were saying Dallas needs to pay uh, Dak are now saying today that Dallas paid Dak too much. What do you expect? What do you expect is my question. What was he going to get? He's going to settle for $30 million? No. No. I mean, basically all Dak's agent had to do was walk into Jerry Jones's office and say, you know what happened last year? Do you really want that to happen again? When you can actually, when there are actually fans in the stadium that can boo you? Do you really mm. want that to happen again? Well, that happened last year. That was happening last year. So I remember when that injury happened, there were people that I distinctly saw on Twitter that were going off on Jerry, saying that he caused this and, and Stephen Jones caused this, which, which is all bullshit. All complete bullshit, by the way. They're businessmen. They have to do what they have to do. But at the same time, they've been saying this all along. Dak is our guy. We're not going for Russell Wilson. We're not going for Deshaun Watson. Dak is our guy, and we're going to get the deal done. They got the deal done. And the same people, again, that were saying Dallas needs to pay Dak are now saying that Dallas paid Dak too much. So, I mean, you, you can't win. You can't well, you win. Can't, you cannot please everybody. People are just – it's the – I mean, I've experienced this in in video games, like video in my fandom with video games all the time where people ask for something and like they, and then you get is like, well, no, actually that's not good enough. But um, yeah, I think for, for the amount of leverage that Dak Prescott had for the, the need that the Cowboys had for some, for a quarterback like Dak, because really there were, they had no good backup plan. I mean, there weren't, uh, there just, was no backup plan. They weren't going to like say, well, you know, we're just going to either, draft a quarterback or maybe just go with Ben DiNucci or Andy Dalton for, for the whole season. Jesus God. No, Jesus God. No. So basically it's like you either do this or just delete the franchise for, for Dallas at this point, or you're trading three first round picks to Seattle and you're getting Russell Wilson or you're trading three first round picks to Houston. You're getting Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Which well, would be stupid on, on either end. Exactly. So I'm I mean, listen, for what the for what this is something for something that had to be done, it's good that the Cowboys kind of got this done. And now we don't have to hear about it over and over again. Because I'm kind of sick of it. Because people kind of I kind of expected this to happen and this is not a surprise. It was just a matter of when, if if not if. And I would also like to uh, shout out my source who did say to me last week that the deal was close. And I reported it on this podcast. So did they say, I mean, it's funny because I think they said that like they really started ramping this up 
yesterday or two days ago. And then it got light and then it was done last night. I was, I was told that they were bridging the gap more and more over the course of the last week. And then really it came down to the last day or two. It came down to just dollars and cents. Oh, to be a fly on the wall during those negotiations. Yeah. I mean, look, when it came down to, I think Dak's team realizing that the Joneses wanted to get something done, it became much more negotiable, I guess. And when the Jones kind of came down from what they were looking to do, Dak's team said, okay, let's get this done. Because Dak, Dak wanted to stay in Dallas. I mean, there was all this talk about, you know, Dak potentially going to Chicago or going to the Colts or the Jets. No, 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 no. He wanted to stay in Dallas. That's where he wanted to be. I mean, Dak is such a, he's such a huge part of the whole community that is DFW. And I, I couldn't see him leaving Dallas to go somewhere else unless he was absolutely forced to, which everything that the Joneses were saying that they did not want Dak to leave at all, that they wanted Dak to be their guy. And it was just a matter of time. And it truly was, uh, was the case. And obviously with the, the tag deadline fast approaching, they knew they had to get something done and they did. So absolutely fair play to the Joneses for, for getting this done. And Dak is a cowboy for the next four years if not five, depending on uh, the exact language of the contract. I've heard four, I've heard five, I've heard six. But the dollars, the figures that are being reported are four years, $160 million, that could turn into five. The other interesting thing before we move on to the main topic, which is going to be about uh, fancy football sleepers, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the fact that when this contract is over, Dak is going to be either 31 or 32 years old. And still in his prime years for being a quarterback, too. Yeah. So he might get a a second contract with, a th- oh, I guess, the third contract with Dallas. Or yeah. maybe a contract with another team in free agency. A second big contract. Yeah, second big contract with Dallas. So, all right. Let's move on to the main topic. And that is fantasy football sleepers. And, you know, we like to, it's like a meme that we have now. It's like deep sleeper. Deep sleepers. Deep sleeper. Right. And, you know, we say it like facetiously, jokingly, but sleepers are are the most important things in your fantasy football draft because everybody knows where you're going to be taking the big guys, the big names. And we do all the time. That's really, we, we talk about that a lot, but we don't talk about the guys at the back end of the draft where you're just like, you know, I'll take a flyer on this guy. Maybe he turns out well. I'll take a flyer on this guy. Maybe he turns out well. And really those guys are the guys that if, if you hit on those late picks, they can make the difference between making the playoffs, making the finals, winning a championship per se. If one of those guys really hits, you could ride that person to a championship. Adam, you know what they say, where you make your money is rounds six, seven and later. Yeah, it's true. When all the name value players are gone, basically, that's that's where 
you really test your metal as a fantasy football drafter. 100%. 100% correct. And that's why you have the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, because we're going to tell you who's going to help you win your league this year. <laughs> right. And going by fantasy pros, I'm going, you're looking at the overall, the overall ranks for everybody for 2021. And you're going, you're looking at like tier nine, tier 10. There are, are a lot of players here that you can really capitalize on in later in your drafts. And these, some of these guys are name value players where you see like Kirk Cousins, Jameson Crowder, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, T.Y. Hilton, um, even Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Ugh. Zach Ertz is down is all the way down here, which is weird. Uh, he is ranked 128th overall, which is absurd. Yeah, and, and my source also told me that a Zach Ertz trade could be coming. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for uh, for that. I don't have exact teams, uh, unfortunately, as to where Ertz might go, but I've at least been told that a trade could be coming. To Indy, probably. I hope so. I really hope so. That would be fun. Because that would be a hell of a conversation to have. Zach Ertz and Indy with Carson Wentz again, Oof, that would be an unbelievable conversation. What an offense. Speaking of Indy, uh, Michael Pittman is around here too. If you go, da- if you go down to Tier 10, you have uh, Blake Jarwin, Phil Lindsay. Irv Smith Jr., who might be shooting up in people's uh, in people's ranks. Jared Goff is down here. Carson Wentz is down here. Uh, we also have some breaking news. Yes. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are not going to use the franchise tag on Chris Carson, thus making him an unrestricted free agent. All right. The That's source from, strikes again. That is from Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. Well, there you go. So that should be that is going to be interesting. So you might see somebody like uh, is Carlos Hyde still? He's still there. He's on a he's on a one year deal, but I would assume they're going to at least attempt to bring him back. If not, they're going to draft a running back. I'm sure. Uh, poor Rashad Penny. He's never <sighs> never going to get a chance. He was one of my favorites too. That's what ha- what's happened to Rashad Penny is just it, it's a goddamn disgrace. Yeah, but yeah. So like we said. Or like I like I just said, these guys later are is where you're really going to make your hay in fantasy football. So, what are your kind of example? What examples do you have of sleepers of guys that you think can win people leagues? Not okay, maybe not too far in that direction, but just guys that can really help you out in the back end of the draft. Well, I mean, do you want to do this just to uh, get some law and order here? We could just do one sleeper from each position. So one from QB, one from running back, one from receiver, one from tight end. Let's do that. So, okay. I can can give you my quarterback sleeper first if you would like there, Mr. Gaster. Okay, go for it. So what I'm going to do is I basically, for the quarterbacks and from the tight ends, I want to pick a QB that's outside the top 15 and a tight end outside the top 15 that I think could be a sleeper. For receivers and running backs, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with running backs and receivers that currently are being ranked outside the top 36 just to give everyone an idea of a really of a deeper uh, sleeper kind of guy that I think could uh, could really, really help uh, your teams this year. And the obvious one for quarterbacks that I'm going for is Trevor Lawrence. Um, I could talk about Trevor Lawrence all day. I don't want to. Trevor Lawrence isn't a sleeper. People oh, know okay. who Trevor so you, you Lawrence me, is. You want me to go deeper than that? Yes. 
all right, I'll, I will, I'll go deeper than that. And I mean, this is a guy that I think I've talked about for a while now. I, I, I have him now as a top 15 quarterback fantasy pros does not. And that's Carson Wentz. And that would have been I, mine, honestly. Carson Wentz I is hate really good. Just, I, I really hate to just go back on this Carson Wentz train because we've we've seen it just time and time again where it's just like he he's uninspiring at best when it comes to fantasy. But I think in a new environment, in a new offense, it's really tailor-made for him, quite frankly, with, with Frank Reich having previously coached him in Philadelphia. It's just a match made in heaven. And you look at the offensive line that's there. You have Jonathan Taylor there. Uh, questions about whether T.Y. Hilton will be back, but if he's not, you have Michael Pittman there and whoever else they bring in. And if they bring in Zach Ertz, I mean, that's just more of a case to be made about Carson Wentz and his potential fantasy value for 2021. So uh, I love Carson Wentz with where he's going. If he's if he's being drafted as the number 22 quarterback, that's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I could pull up a fantasy football calculator right now and see exactly where Carson Wentz is being drafted. I mean, I doubt he's being drafted as the wider, the quarterback 22. I, I highly, highly, highly doubt it. I so agree. according, according to fantasy football calculator, he is being drafted as the Jesus. He's going in the 13th round right now, according to fantasy pros, or excuse well, me, according is, to fantasy football calculator. Yep. Well, that is definitely sleeper territory. The thirteenth round, that is ridiculous. That's like you're you're taking Carson Wentz as a backup, almost. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like you might be surprised. I mean, here are guys that are going in and around Carson Wentz, Justin Fields, Cam Newton, if he's even on the team, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. Honestly, I'd rather have Derek Carr over just about all of them. I mean, uh, I'd rather have Carson Wentz over just about all of them. I would rather have Carson Wentz over all of them as well. I was thinking, I said Derek Carr. It slipped because Derek Carr is my sleeper. Mm, okay. Uh, he's actually, so Carson Wentz is uh, 21 ranked on Fantasy Pros, and Derek Carr is ranked 20. So Derek Carr, is, we saw last year, Derek Carr is like airing it out constantly, especially if the Raiders are kind of either mediocre or just bad in 2021. Derek Carr puts up the yards, puts up touchdowns. He's a very good serviceable option. And for where you're picking him, you're not going to be relying on him to be a weekend week out starter for you. If he is, then, you know, that's gravy. But if not, then you have somebody else to to fill in and you can and you can put Derek Carr in as with like spot starts if you if you want to like if he's matchup dependent so i mean frankly you know Derek Carr i think is at quarterback 20 you're getting you're getting a pretty solid value with Derek Carr i mean he has been one of the more underrated IRL in real life quarterbacks for as long as I can remember, he's always been someone that's had his, his job questioned as to whether or not he was good enough, this, this, and that. But the, the guy throws a really pretty ball. He's competent enough. And I can tell you what, there are a lot more quarterbacks that are way worse than Derek Carr. As I'm looking at 
potentially two that are playing in the state of New York. Well, state of New Jersey, I should say, because there's only one true New York football team. That is, of course, the Buffalo Bills. I think Derek Carr could be a really, really solid sleeper. I think if you're looking for a guy that's going to cost you absolutely nothing and you could draft him at the end of your draft as a backup option and you just see how that pans out, I'm I'm totally for it. I mean, in, in 10 team leagues, it's a little difficult to justify just because there are going to be other quarterbacks that will be readily available uh, outside of Derek Carr, but in 12 and, and 14 and, and deeper, yeah, I think you could do a whole lot worse than than having your second quarterback be be Derek Carr. Yeah, I think the the hate for Derek Carr is probably because he was one of the first quarterbacks to sign like one of those mega contracts. He it was him and Stafford that kind of started that train. Yeah, yeah, not his fault. No, it is not his fault. The man just said yes to getting a lot of money. I, I mean, mean, who 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 wouldn't do that? I think I can speak for you in saying that you would do the same, and so would I, if somebody offered me as much money as they as the Raiders offered Derek Carr. You might know me a little bit, Adam. Just, so just a tiny bit. Maybe <laughs> all a, of this, just a teeny bit. Maybe all this podcast co-hosting has gone to at least something. <laughs> all right, and for running backs, this is where it gets a lot more interesting, in my opinion. It's nice to see that Fantasy Pros is is higher on Cam Akers now, um, because you know last year obviously Cam Akers being a rookie, you no know, no idea what what he was going to be, and he obviously you knew that he was going to be a stud running back, of course. But it's my guy. Uh, not everybody not everybody else caught up to that, so it's good to see that Cam Akers is not eligible for this list because he's great. I'd be singing the praises of Cam Akers the entire time. One person that could be a sleeper for uh, for running backs, it's harder because, like we've said, running back is such a shallow position. Mm-hmm. You can't go too far back. You can't go too far down. Um, you look at somebody like James Conner, who's ranked at twenty nine. I mean, you're getting if you're drafting him as a, as the RB twenty nine. And this is on Fantasy Pros. If you're drafting him as the RB twenty nine. That is pretty solid value as value goes. Where do you think he's going? Probably in a, mm, I don't know if he's going to be going that low. I don't well, no, where do you think he's going in free agency? Oh, in free agency? I have no yeah. fucking idea. Would you draft him as the RB29 if he was in Miami? Yes. Would you draft him higher or lower? I draft him like a little higher, actually. Even though he's going to be splitting time with Miles Gaskin. Okay, so you would basically have him as a high-end RB three. Yeah, and okay. like that's Fine. good. You're not you're not drafting somebody like James Conner to be your guy anymore. It just doesn't happen that way. He's going to be like your. He's going to be either a flex or an RB two, a flex with like RB two upside. Like that's what you're looking at with James Conner. And I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think it w- at the price that you're getting him at, at the place you're getting him at, that would be that would be a good pickup. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I just think people people kind of see how bland James Conner is, and I don't think 
you know, can he return some really nice value for you? Yes, absolutely. But I think it depends on where he goes. And when, when we see where Connor ends up, then, you know, we could definitely have that conversation of is James Connor potentially a league winner? Um, if he goes back to Pittsburgh, I, I, I won't have him in my top 35. I'm sorry. I, I, I won't. I, I would, I would not touch him. Even with the new offensive coordinator, even with a new offense, I would not touch him. Cause you know, Randy Feekner is not there anymore. Yes. Yes. Cause at the end of the year collapse, he's putting, the Adam gaze of offensive coordinators bearing all of the weight of the world on Ben Roethlisberger and his arm is basically falling off and his surgically repaired elbow shoulder, yeah. whatever. Exactly. Um, I have one that's, that's pretty deep and, um, Oh, really? How deep are we talking? Uh, tier seven on the fantasy pros list. And this is Christmas. just mere, this is just mere speculation, but I, I really like Josh Kelly again. And I know I was more on the, the Justin Jackson train last year, but we saw that Josh Kelly really was the guy that the Chargers looked to change the pace from. Uh, Austin Eckler when he was healthy and then when he wasn't healthy it was really a, a split between Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson and then you had uh, your old boy what was um, oh Jesus what was um, the other running back that they brought in for the for the Chargers his name is slipping my head at the moment uh, Kalen Balazs that's yep. it Kalen, Kalen Balazs Josh Kelly really I thought was the most impressive out of out of the bunch and I think if if Austin Eckler is not going to be the go-to guy that we think he might be. I think Josh Kelly could see could see some work. I think Josh Kelly can provide a really nice return on being the RB sixty right now, according to the fantasy pros. It's basically nothing. You're draft you're drafting him on a hunch, and I would say that if you have Austin Eckler, definitely go draft Josh Kelly. Definitely, definitely, definitely. That that is probably a must. A must do. Honestly, tier seven is very is kind of full of sleepers, potential sleepers anyway. Yeah, uh, you have the aforementioned Josh Kelly, Justin or uh, Gus Edwards is here, Salvin Ahmed is here, Michael P Ryan, Justin Jackson, Ido Smith. Depending on what the Falcons do in free agency, your son Carryon Johnson, great guy, love him, and yeah, even a reclamation project. In Sonny Michelle. You know, I was very close to saying Damian Harris, but he's the 37th ranked, and I didn't want to be that guy that says I'm going to pick someone outside the top 36 and just pick the 37th guy. Uh, I, I wasn't going to be that, but I, I, I like Damian Harris where he's being drafted as well. I mean, that that for me is, is insane value. And I can tell you on Fantasy Pros, he is going right now. If I can find him here. 37. Oh, oh, fantasy! You mean on uh, fantasy football calculator? I did, I did it again. I'm, I'm all over the map. So Damian Harris right now on fantasy pros. Oh my god, I did it again. Fantasy football calculator. He is going in the tenth round. All right, that is that's pretty good. Yes, I think that's really, I think that's pretty good value for a guy that you know is going to be. If not the number one, at least the de facto number one in New England. But the problem is that New England could be just absolutely downright terrible. So great for me. But I mean, also, 
it's just like it's weird with New England because you have four running backs there that could potentially vie for all the touches. Yep. You have Damien Harris, James White, Rex Burkhead, and Sonny Michelle. Yep. What are they going to do with all of those running backs? Um, they are going to throw them all out there and see which one works. Oh, Bill. The Bill Belichick way. You weirdo. <laughs> you weirdo. You cheating weirdo. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Moving on to wide receiver. I mean, where do I even start? With wide receiver, where do we? I love, I love this position. I love this position so much. There's so many sleepers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh I mean, God, I love it. I think I illustrated this when we did our show on wide receivers, where Jalen Rieger is ranked 55. 55. 55. A guy like Darius Slayton, 54. Even one of one of our favorite sleepers is Michael Pittman Jr. He is 50. 5-0. Yeah. The, so many. There's so many guys that you can pick. Could it could we go easy and say, oh, Jerry Judy's a sleeper. He's be he's the 40th ranked receiver in fantasy pros. Sure, you can say that. That's too easy. That is too easy. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 48. Maybe also too easy. Um, yeah, a little too easy. I have I have mine ready to go. All right, who's easy. yours? Easy. Cole Beasley is the wide receiver, fifty six. There you go. The end of the year that that he had the rapport that he has with Josh Allen. I mean, in a pass heavy offense as well. Oof, give me that all day. He's being drafted in the late tenth round right now. That is ridiculous, and the names that are around him. Uh, if I could pull it up on fantasy football calculator, Henry Ruggs, Christian Kirk, Michael Pittman, Corey Davis, LaVisca Chenault, Michael Gallup. Done. Like that, that group. I like that group. I like that group a lot. I like any player in that group. I'd be happy to have. Especially Corey Davis, the best receiver in the national football league. Great guy. Right. Um, if you say Corey Davis is your deep sleeper, Adam, I will give you a bird book. I want to because I because I like because I like having bird books, but I also don't believe you. More valuable believe, than Bitcoin. I, just you wait. I mean, I do think that Corey Davis is a sleeper. I think my deep sleeper, really seriously, is somebody that we talked about a couple episodes ago, Russell Gage. He is ranked as the nice receiver in on fantasy football on fantasy pros. <laughs> nice, nice indeed. <laughs> that that joke has been so overdone, but it just it just hit me like a bus. It's immortal. That joke. It's the best joke. <laughs> it's better. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. It just comes when you least expect it. That's oh my god. Oh, that was funny. Props <laughs> to anybody who gets both of those references. Anyway. The Russell Gage, the nice receiver. The nice receiver. <laughs> and also kind of like the Spanish Inquisition, Russell Gage does come out of nowhere when you least expect it. 
<laughs> I love oh, Monty Python. Jesus. Monty Python, great film. Well, great film, great comedy troupe. Yes. But yeah, no, see in all serious in all seriousness, Russell Gage. He he's a guy that is filled in adamantly or admirable admirably for the Atlanta Falcons when Julio Jones was basically taking a sabbatical. An injury <laughs> sabbatical. sabbatical. Who is he? Who is he? Pep Guardiola? Is I it Dennis Quinn? <laughs> no. Shout out after us. Shout out. <laughs> Representing the pride. But no, really. I mean, Calvin Ridley obviously is the number one receiver there. But if if one of Julio or Calvin Ridley is injured, then Russell Gage shows you that he ha- he has the right to more usage, more targets in the Falcons offense. And it looks like that he had a, a fair amount of chemistry with Matt Ryan as well, just because of the performances that he had uh, throughout the season. He was very hot and cold. Which is why he's ranked as the running as the uh, wide receiver sixty nine. That's he's nice. very nice. He's very hot and cold, but when he's hot, he's on he's on fire. He's great. Yeah, and he proved his worth for sure as a as a viable wide receiver four at the end of the year that could have the upside of a low end wide receiver two. Absolutely, and if you take Julio Jones potentially out of the equation, whether it's due to health or whether he's Trade. not there or, or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, Russell Gage just has even more value. I, I, I like that pick a lot, Adam. I like, I like that pick a whole lot. Yeah. I think it's pretty nice. It's, it is a nice pick. Yes, it is. It's pretty, absolutely, it's pretty nice. It, it's a nice pick. <laughs> oh, that's the best joke. It is. It is the best joke. It's the nicest joke. <laughs> sure is. All right, last but certainly not least, tight ends. And because uh, we're not doing sleepers for kickers or defense or IDP. No, we, we, we could do an IDP show one of these days. If I, did an IB, if I did an IDP show, my sleeper would be CJ Mosley. An IEP show? You want to do an IEP show? That's the wrong thing. <laughs> no. I thought I said IDP, but I guess I slurred it and I said IEP. I heard IEP. <laughs> That's something. That's something very. It's something entirely different. Yes, very we don't different. cover that here in the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. If we did an IDP show, I think one of my deepest sleepers would probably be somebody like CJ Mosley, because he is ranked as the sixty-first IDP on Fantasy. Is Pros. he still on the Jets? He is. I don't know is how he he's healthy. Gonna, he took a year off, so I assume the guy's only going to play. Ideally, he'll play seventeen games for the New York Jets in three years. Well, if there was no if there was no pandemic, then maybe he would have played more than seventeen games potentially. Fair, but Fair. I mean, not a great free agent signing. Anyhow, so we're not talking about IDP; we're talking about tight ends. Yeah. And um, my tight end sleeper, unless you want to go first, I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. Screw it. Um. My tight end sleeper is uh, James O'Shaughnessy, who is the nice tight end. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I had to tell the joke. I had to. I'm sorry. Um, James yeah, O'Shaughnessy. Hennessy? James O'Shaughnessy Hennessy at the nice tight end position, yes. Um, he's only the no. fourth worst tight end on Fantasy Pros. <laughs> I'm sure he's, he'll be a sleeper. 
It'd be ahead of Max with two X's Williams, Jeff Swaim, and Bryson Hopkins. I, I don't think I've ever heard of Bryson Hopkins in my life. He's only one spot below Ryan Griffin. Love Ryan Griffin. Great guy. Made man. Great guy. Um, yeah, my my tight end sleeper is Blake Jarwin for the Dallas Cowboys. He's number 20 on Fantasy Pros. I mean, it, it, look, it's just it's very simple. A full season of Dak Prescott sees the tight end position in Dallas. Get just knocked at- on wood after you said that. Don't say Thank it. You. Don't say that. Don't. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. The tight end position in Dallas with a healthy Dak Prescott knock on wood gets at least 90 targets every single year that Dak has been the starter of the Dallas Cowboys. Odds are Blake Jarwin is going to get a heavy dosage of that. And let's not forget, before he went down with a torn ACL, Blake Jarwin was the number one tight end in this offense over Dalton Schultz. Now, we could see a lot more of two tight end sets, but you also have to remember, this is a loaded offense, and there are a lot of mouths to feed. I highly doubt that they would be running two tight end sets, and it just depends on what comes out of training camp as to who looks better between Dalton Schultz or Blake Jarwin. But I would say, I would even just really vague it out and say whomever the number one tight end for the Dallas Cowboys is, that would be a deep sleeper for me, whether it is Blake Jarwin, whether it is Dalton Schultz, because I like both of them. I think that they have the talent, and also Dallas has the financial commitment towards Blake Jarwin. Remember last offseason, he signed a four-year extension with Dallas. So he is there and they have to, of course, try and make that work. Well, I think that the reason, that's really the reason that he's ranked 20th on Fantasy Pros is because not only are there so many weapons in Dallas, you have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, and now he has, and now Blake Jarwin has competition at his own position with Dalton Schultz, who filled in very admirably uh, last year when he when Blake Jarwin went down. I don't know if he's going to be as deep of a sleeper or as great as he was uh, last year, just because of the fact that there's so that there is, as I like to say, there's only one ball. Yeah, there is only only one ball. But, you know, let's not forget also that even though Blake Jarwin had one reception last year for 12 yards before he was taken out. This was the guy in 2019 that everyone was calling for Jason Witten to be run out of town. The Jason Witten, the greatest tight end ever to play for the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Witten, to be run out of town because they wanted to see Blake Jarwin incorporated more into the offense to get his opportunity, to get his chance. We can't just sour as Cowboys fans and as football fans in general that really know our stuff. Because Don't call me clearly, a Cowboys fan, please. Well, I'm so, I'm saying you as a football fan that knows that okay. knows your stuff, as are the people listening to this podcast, because yes. not many not many people are listening to football podcasts in the month of March. So considering you are here and you're listening to a podcast about football, I would say you are a football fanatic. So congratulations to you. And you are dedicated to the game. You would know that Blake Jarwin is very talented. Dallas sees something in him, given they have already tied him down to a decent sized extension and they're going to do what they have to do to make that to make that work and if that means sacrificing Dalton Schultz to do it I think I think they're going to do it now it obviously all depends on what comes out of training camp who Dak has the better rapport with obviously did not have much time to work with Dalton Schultz before Dak's injury but Dalton Schultz he looked great with Andy Dalton he definitely got a nice rapport with Andy Dalton there and it'll be interesting to see if Dalton Schultz can strike up that same rapport with uh, with Dak Prescott 
Definitely. Um, my sleeper is somebody who is ranked one spot below Blake Jarwin and Fantasy Pros, and that is Eric Ebron. Ebron. Yes. That's correct. Great guy. I, I mean, aside from like Chase Claypool and the fits and spurts of Deontay Johnson, it seemed like Eric Ebron was one of the, the other main beneficiaries of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense in, in 2020. He quietly had a really good year. Very quietly. And you have Big Ben back. You're going to have another pass-happy offense, you'd think. Probably. And, right. And um, Eric Ebron, he had... Five, he had 56 catches for 558 yards and five touchdowns last year. Obviously, it is not the uh, 13 touchdown explosion that he had in 2018. He'll never do that again. Never do that again. Granted, look who his quarterback was in 2018. Yeah, exactly. That well, guy is no longer in the league. That, that guy's name is Andrew Locke. That's right. But really, I think that um, Eric Ebron is poised for another solid season in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, I think that Eric Ebron, I don't know if he gives you the, the, the huge ceiling that maybe someone like Jarwin or even like a Cole Komet or a Tyler Unless Higby the ceiling does. is 13 touchdowns. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really see Ebron being a 13-touchdown guy. That's that, that's kind of the problem. I mean, if you could tell me he could be, a, you know, 500 yards and add on two more touchdowns, it's good value. It's good value where you're going to draft him, which is probably the back end of the draft. Right, exactly. I mean, he definitely has, you know, like, I don't want to say bust potential, but he has, like, it's a little bit bust potential because outside of the 13-touchdown uh, aberration, he has only hit five touchdowns twice in his career. And he's only hit 700. He's only hit above 500 yards about four times in his career. Include. Okay. Three times. If no, no, actually it is four times, five times. If you want to include the aberration, but it's uh, four times that he's hit over 500 yards in his career. And so it's like, I think he's going to have a good season, but this could easily backfire just because of the fact that Eric Ebron, he's a good tight end. He's a serviceable tight end, but you'll, you'll have to see what's going on with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So next, next episode on Thursday, we're going to be doing the other side of the coin, the opposite end of the spectrum. And that is fantasy football draft busts. This How is exciting. I wonder who we're going to say for running back. I wonder if it's the two names that everybody else says for running back. Maybe, maybe not. Hopefully not. I think, I think we're going to have a moratorium on Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. <laughs> no, we're, there's no mention. I'm nobody, all for it. Nobody need. We can't say anything more about them that people don't already know. So would you like to hear about the uh, the new content that is coming to the Basement Talk podcast family of podcasts? I do, or I would. So I am not going to be on this show for a change. There's going to be someone else that is running this show, and it is going to be Jake, who is going to be running a MMA UFC-style 
podcast. It'll be coming out every week, once a week podcast. And Jake will be doing that. I don't know if he's doing that by himself or he'll be doing it with somebody else. I, I'm not exactly sure, but I won't be on that. So me neither. I don't know anything about fighting sports. I love it. It's great. UFC is great. It's one of my favorite things. Just unfortunately, I do not have enough hours in the week to do another podcast because I would actually die. So uh, Jake will be doing that podcast. And I believe the tentative plan is for Jake to start that within the next couple of weeks. And I believe that's probably going to have a release date on either Monday or Wednesday, I believe is, is what we're targeting for uh, for that podcast to uh, be dropped into your uh, your inboxes. So make sure you subscribe to the Basement Talk podcast and you will be getting those show, that show is along with the Basement Talk podcast that Jake and I do and then the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show with Adam and I. And then soon enough, when everyone has more time on their hands, the quotation. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bird stole my thunder because basically what I said, what I usually say, Bird just said. So for my co-host, you can reiterate. It's fine. I don't need to. Re- I don't need to repeat. So for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I am Alan Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye bye.